0: One touch when you're this hungry when you're this thirsty one touch changes your life forever conquered broke down each wall there are so many notches in that key to breakthrough. I have made duplicates of the key and I will give them to anyone who will take one Can you feel it such as I have give I thee the key to breakthrough I'm going to focus in on this. I'm going to fast for this. I'm going to pray for this. I'm going to worship for this. I'm going to be in the house of God every night for this. I'm going to press in. I'm going to hunger. I'm going to thirst. I'm going to get desperate. I'm going to get in every line. I'm going to put my feet on the blue line for this one day.
1: More of you. Less of me until
0: it's all of you and none of me. Hello, friends and partners. This is Dr. Debbie Rich again with Keys to Breakthrough. And I trust that at least the majority of you got to watch uh, last week's broadcast. And we're continuing on with our series on Who Are We River People? Who is our company? And again, if you didn't get to watch it, please try to go back and watch that one because this is going to be a continuing series. And we laid down such a foundation for it last week. We are river people because this is our DNA. We are hewn out of the same rock that our pastors are and that every revivalist through revival history has been hewn out of. And it starts with hunger for more of God. It starts with thirst, desperation, yieldedness, um, asking God to burn anything out of you that is not of him and to put anything in that needs to be put in that is of him. And I'm going to give some general characteristics of river people, and then we're going to be looking at many of those individually in this series. So we are born-again people, not just religious people, not just people who claim the name of Christ by saying we're Christian. You know what Christian is? It really is Christian. It means Christ-like. It doesn't mean somebody who believes Jesus existed doesn't believe it doesn't mean that it's somebody who just believes, Okay, he I think he died on the cross for everybody. No, it's somebody who's accepted that personally. So we are born again, transformed, brought out of the kingdom of darkness, set into the kingdom of light. We have a new spirit old things passed away, all things becoming new. We have left the world and sin behind. We know we have victory over sin. Now we have been truly born again, sons and daughters of the most high. We have a brand new heart, a brand new spirit. And our father now is God. We are his child. And we're on our way to heaven. Actually, we are living in a sense of eternity right now. We will never die. And we will never spend one moment in a fiery hell that was created for the devil and his angels. We have been washed in the blood. We have been redeemed. We will sing the song of the redeemed that the angels won't even be able to begin to understand. We are actually belonging to the Most High. And uh, we have died with him, we've been crucified with him, we have been raised with him, and now we sit with him in heavenly places at the right hand of the Father. And there is more, perhaps even later in this series, we'll get into about what it really means to be saved, what it really means to be born again. So we are born again, we are spirit-filled, Holy Ghost, spirit-filled. We aren't people who just say, well, because I'm born again, I have the Spirit of God inside me. That is true, if you're born again. But we not only have the Spirit inside of us, God living on the inside of us, which is awesome in and of itself, but Jesus took us and baptized us into the Holy Ghost and fire. (laughs) And we now are spirit-filled, not just residing on the inside of us. And yes, our bodies are temples of the living God, but now we have been baptized into that liquid fire of the Holy Ghost. And we have the, the visible, tangible uh, manifestation of speaking with other tongues. And we'll spend some more time on that later as well. So, we are spirit filled people. We are led by the Spirit. We are comforted by the Spirit. We are guided by the Spirit. We are helped by the Spirit. He's our lawyer, He's our advocate. Um, We are taught by the Holy Ghost, and He teaches us all things, He leads us in all things. Um, We we wake up in the morning truly saying, good morning, Holy Spirit. We lay our head on the pillow at night with a relationship with the Holy Spirit, an active relationship. And as we pray in other tongues, we pray out those mysteries of God, the Holy Ghost helping us to pray, for we don't even know how to pray for things as we ought. And so we are spirit-filled people. We are people who have had a Holy Ghost download, so to speak, from heaven. Now, when you have a download, those of you who use computers at all, um, it's a little harder for me to speak. Uh, The people of my generation and my age didn't grow up with computers in school. We didn't grow up with them as young adults. It was much later in life. And um, sometimes I feel like technology is not our best friend by any stretch of the imagination. However, those of us who even know a little bit about it, know that you have to have software programs built into that computer. You have to have a download in there to bring anything up. And so often we have to update these computers. They have to get fresh downloads. And when you have, as I do, an iPad, an iPhone, uh, a Mac computer, for them all to jive and talk to each other, I'm like, oh, great. My phone has been updated. My computer is not. My iPad has been, but my phone hasn't. And they'll quit talking to each other. They all have to have constant updates. And, of course, they designed it that way. So we have to constantly do this. And um, it gets rather old. But if you're going to have any kind of an input come out, you have to have a download. And you can't just have had one once because this world is changing. The circumstances that we meet up with are changing. This has to be fresh. It can't be, I had a touch in 1992. Or I had a touch in in 2000 and s- or i'm sorry <laughs> i had yeah I, i'm already thinking which century am i in? Uh, i had i had a touch in 1906 sister and uh well that was a long time ago we need a download today have you had one this week have you had one today have you had one last month this is going on my 31st year of revival not of being saved I got saved as a little girl, baptized in the Holy Ghost when I was 12, speaking in tongues since then, preaching since then. But I mean, actual Holy Ghost red hot on fire revival came to me in 1992. And so it's been a while. And I can't say, oh, I remember the night in Alaska, the fire came down. Haven't had that happen since, but oh, how I remember it. Are you kidding me? I'm not going to have anything fresh to give out to anybody if I'm living on fumes, if I'm living on a memory. So I have to have Holy Ghost downloads constantly. River people are people who realize that and not only realize it, press in for it, make themselves available for it, know how to yield to the Holy Spirit And say, come on, bring it on. I need a fresh one tonight. And Lord, I need fresh oil from heaven uh, to a greater extent than I had in 1992 or that I had last year. Um, And we'll talk about all of these in more detail. Right now, I'm just trying to give you a running list in general of some of the things that distinguish river people. We are soul winners Now, wouldn't you think anybody who calls themselves a Christian would be a soul winner? But you talk to most people, and they have never led a soul to Christ, or maybe they have once in their lifetime, and they thought that was their quota, and they've all been taught that this is just by relationship, it's just letting people see your life. Well, give me a break. Um, When I go to the bank That person isn't going to get to see my life They're only going to see me that couple minutes today While I'm in there Or when I'm in the grocery store And you know That's just a cop out That they will in time see how I live Um, No We are active soul winners We are aggressive soul winners And that's who a river person is We are fire starters (laughs) We And when we get around somebody, we should so have the fire that people could smell the fire on us. And they can say, why is it wherever you do go? Revival starts up. You could go to a little church, a big church, a middle-sized church. You could go into a little town, a big town, and there's going to be red hot, Holy Ghost fire. And, you know, I've gone to many places where people said it won't happen there. Their culture is different. You know, their education is different. Their personalities are different. They're more low-key. You may be able to preach the word to them, but don't expect to see some kind of Holy Ghost fire. And I thought, oh, how interesting. They told me that about India. And uh, it was wall-to-wall Holy Ghost. They told me that about former Soviet Union countries, wall-to-wall Holy Ghost. They have told me that about the villages up north in Alaska. Wall-to-wall, Holy Ghost. They have told me that about, you don't want to go to the religious Bible belt in the South. Wall-to-wall, Holy Ghost. They have told me that about, oh, you don't want to go to New England, a preacher's graveyard. You know, they're so stoic and religious and non-emotional. Wall-to-wall, Holy Ghost. Whether it's the Midwest, whether it's the North American continent, whether it's the Asian continent, Nepal, the Philippines, the islands of the sea, um, Whether it is South America, we've been to several nations there Whether it is um, the Arctic, I've been clear up to the Arctic Ocean Whether it is Europe, yes we have wall to wall, Holy Ghost Even in Great Britain, Britain with the Stoic English And uh, so that is a cop out excuse The problem is you cannot light fires anywhere if you're not carrying a fire There's nothing like walking around with some wet blanket on two legs trying to light a fire somewhere. Uh, Excuse me. You have no fire in you, and you're not going to be able to light one. But true river people are fire starters. I like how our pastor says, and the dean of our Bible school says, you know, when you get out of River University, we ought to be able to drop you off anywhere in the face of the earth. And um, I don't care if there's nothing there, just drop you off we fly off and we come back in two or three years and there's a church, there's a Bible school, everybody's red hot in revival. You're having crusades. People are being launched forth because you in and of yourself are a fire starter. I don't care if you don't have any worship, you carry enough fire in the inside of you. Yeah, it helps. And it is one of the ministry of helps and we love good worship whenever we can have it. But if you truly carry a fire, I mean, the worship could be so bad, like Pastor Rodney says, you you want to take a cat and squeeze it under your arms a couple of times, the sound would be better than what you hear coming out of uh, somebody supposedly leading worship. I don't care if I've been in places where it's that bad, where I thought, bring the cat on, I'm going to go home and buy me a cat. And, uh, and still, by the end of the night, Holy Ghost fire everywhere with people running around the building, laying on the floor, glued to the walls. And uh, set a blaze to go out and winning soul, win souls. Because if you carry a fire, there is no way that somebody can get halfway close to you without catching fire. That's what fire does; it spreads. So we are fire starters. We are water walkers. And I think I, I mentioned just slightly last week that you know during COVID people are singing the song, uh, you know, um, oh, what is it about about having no fear while they're wearing um mass with scripture verses on it, that God has not given me a spirit of fear, but one of love and of power and of a sound mind. And it's, it's laughable if it wasn't so sad. And they're like, you know, they, they sit in a nice dry, comfortable boat, watching other people attempt to walk on the water. And they sit there and say, eh, you're going to fail. I'd take, Longer steps if I was you. No, you're, you're I'd take shorter steps if I was you. I would try to balance myself a little bit different. You're going to drown in that water. And they're sitting there rocking away in a nice, comfortable, dry boat. They've never even put one leg over the side to attempt to walk on the water but they're going to criticize everybody else that is water walking. They're going to advise you on how to do it. They're going to tell you it's not true water walking. They're going to come up with everything under the sun. But true river people are water walkers. They will go they will push that comfort zone back so far you they won't just be content to to not only sit in the boat but to, you know, just sit in some little rut somewhere in a road. You know what a rut is? It's, it's a graveyard with, with both ends kicked out. Who wants to stay in a rut the la- rest of their life? Well, it's safe here. Well, yeah, it's safe, but how boring. Can you imagine getting to heaven and the big screen comes down and God says, this was the plan I have for your life. Look at those souls that were going to be saved. Look at the people who are going to be baptized in the Holy Ghost. Look at the people who were about to be healed. Look at the people who needed to be delivered from devils, from addictions. And I called you to do it. But you said, ah, oh, to do that, I'm actually going to have to trust God. To do that, I might have to move. And I like my nice little town where the neighbors all sit on the porch at night and we wave at each other. And I don't know, what if God called me to the foreign field? What if I had to eat food I don't like? What if I had to fly in an airplane while I've never even left the county? I don't even want to get in the jet. What if I, what if, what if, what if, what if you would get out of the boat and leave fear back on the boat and watch those waves Heart and watch the water, the molecules and the atoms of that water have to obey the word of God as you have commanded them. So what if you even start to sink? We have an example in the word of God that our God's never going to let us drown. Jesus reached out and helped Peter and walked back to the boat with him. And at least he will know forever what it was like to walk in the water and not one of those other disciples will ever know what that was like. They might have laughed and said, oh, look, at Jesus is having to rescue Peter. I knew that big mouth was going to sink. He made a fool of himself. They could say that all day. But they will never know what it's like to get out of the boat and walk on the water and have Jesus grab your hand and walk back with you. There is something about saying, wow, that fear could not get a hold of me. And I challenged it. And I challenged every obstacle of the enemy. And bless God, we will see this through to the end. There is such sweet satisfaction in knowing and being able to say as I can in 30 years, He has never failed me. He's never let me down. I've never been stranded anywhere. I've never not been able to pay my bills. I have never, you know, landed somewhere and nobody shows up to a meeting and nobody ever gets saved and nobody ever gets filled with the Holy Ghost. And I go back with mud in my face. I I know He has come through in every way under every set of circumstances, even when the devil said it was all over, people said it was all over, symptoms in my body and doctors said it was all over, the the, the bank account looks like it's all over. I don't care if all of hell is arrayed against you. A water walker is an overcomer, and us river people are overcomers by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of our testimony. That's who we are. We aren't succumbers, we aren't survivalists trying to protect ourselves so that, you know, this nice little life, as I know it, will go on. No, we're like, no, I'm leaving that way back on the boat. I may not, I have to blow the boat up, so I'm not even tempted to look back. I hear so many people, I just couldn't leave my grandkids. And and I hear other ones say, you know, My wife just loves a small town, so we were never able to obey God and go where he asked us to go. And I hear somebody else say, well, I just love these hobbies. I'm afraid I couldn't hunt as much as I do, play golf as much as I do, uh, play baseball like I do. When I hear the dumb excuses, I've heard people say, yeah, I know there's a call of God in our life. And when we're out of debt someday, I will go. I can remember years ago in a certain state, I mean, in the early 90s. I was invited to this couple's home for dinner. They had the largest television screen I'd ever seen at that time. Maybe it wouldn't be so shocking today, but I'd never seen anyone with one that huge. They had a boat out in the yard. They had a motorcycle out in the yard. They had two new cars in their driveway. And this new home, they're like, "Yep, we're going to obey God when we're out of debt. I looked around at everything and thought, baloney, you're never going to obey God. Your stuff is too important to you. I don't care what God blesses with me with, and he has blessed me. I can walk off from it in a moment. You know how many times I have done that where I thought, oh, maybe this is going to be my last house, and maybe I'm never going to have to move again, and, and maybe I can just get used to getting this decorated the way I want it to be, and ah, finally, and then God says, do something, and then he says it again, do something. And you just get used to a new bunch of people and go, wow, I didn't think I'd ever ever have friends this close again. And then he goes, now move across the country again. You're like, are you kidding me? But every time, I have never regretted obeying God because he replaces everything with with goodness and with mercy and with restoration and with, with promotion and with favor and with... But people will never know that. They'll never know the true goodness of God and the glory of God and the anointing of the Holy Ghost and that feeling of knowing that he can trust you. He'll get it to you if he can get it through you. If you hold nothing to yourself and you say, I I can leave in a moment, I can give anything up in a moment, I won't get too close to comfort. You know, these creature comforts, some people can't go to the mission field because what if they didn't have a blow dryer? No microwave? No Starbucks? God forbid. Oh, where's my hair straightener? <laughs> Can I get my nails done? <laughs> now I know mine are pretty wild right now because I took my car in the river Corvette show. I mean, I'm sorry, river car show. <laughs> yeah. uh, maybe I'm prophesying that they will have we'll have just a Corvette Club and a River Corvette car show. But um, I did not win. But if they would have had a category for coolest nails, I would have smoked that because not too many people have Corvette nails done. (laughs) Now, you may say that's kind of distracting when you're doing a broadcast. Too bad, so sad. (laughs) And, you know, with anything God has blessed me with, you know, while I'm here, while I'm home, I'll get my nails done. But I've been on the foreign field for months at a time where I just cut them all off, can't get them done, can't get my hair done. My roots are some other color <laughs> that is not favorable for trying to look halfway young. And you find yourself in circumstances where you're going, you know, this is not the most comfortable eating moose head soup made out of the nostrils of the moose or, you know, Eskimo ice cream made out of the well blubber. Or crisco, uh, just lard, whereas I always say my lips started sliding where I couldn't even preach. And I've been on the forum filled eating things that I learned a lesson a long time ago. If you're not sure what it is, don't even ask. You can get it down if you don't know what it is, as long as it doesn't wiggle too much. And uh, <laughs> but these are things that I remember as a little girl, my grandparents pulling me off the alder at like 1130 on a Sunday night saying, honey, you're the last one at the altar. Everyone else has gone home. And besides that, we've got to take you back home to your parents and you have school in the morning and they're not going to let you keep coming with us if we, you know, get you home at midnight every Sunday night. And I'm like, just give me another minute, grandma and grandpa, because you know what I was doing most of the time at that altar? We sang that old Pentecostal song. I'll go where you want me to go, dear Lord, or mountains or plain or sea. I'll say what you want me to say, dear Lord. I'll be what you want me to be. And I was at that altar going, oh, God, you know how I hate worms. I'm serious. This is what I was saying as a little girl. God, you know how I hate worms. And I've heard missionaries say they've had to eat worms in Africa. And I know I'm called. I know I'm called to go to the nations. God, please don't. Please don't ever make me eat a worm. But Lord, nevertheless, not my will, but thine be done. I'm quite sure I've eaten some since then. But again, if you put enough rice and everything together. (laughs) But I can also remember saying, however, seriously, however, all I want all the days of my life is to be able to preach your gospel to hungry, thirsty people all the days of my life, wherever it is. Lord, I hope and I believe that worms are not involved, <laughs> but if they are, I will still do it. I was, I was at the altar praying that when I was 5, when I was 10, when I was 15, when I was 20, and I'm still praying it today. Lord, don't ever let me get so used to the comforts. You know, a certain nine to five job where you know you have retirement. You know you have two weeks vacation a year. You know a 401k is being matched. You know that that it's just this good, solid job that's probably... First of all, there is no such thing as security in this crazy day. Um, Maybe a little bit more in the 60s or... 50s and the Ozzy and Harriet (laughs) days. Those of you old enough know what I'm talking about. Father knows best. Leave it to beaver days. But gone are those days, if they ever existed. So even in the world, certainly in the world, there is no security. And it's a trick of the enemy to say, don't leave your security behind. You've got insurance for this job. You've got your dental and your medical paid for. Don't do this crazy thing like obey God. You know, some friends of mine many years ago, The story just popped in my head as, as I'm talking to you. They told me they knew this lady. She was a nurse. And this is back. Oh, my goodness. These, this lady was a lot older than me. and And this was probably 20 years ago that she told me this. And she had known the lady I'm talking about in her early 20s. So we're we're probably talking about something that took place, you know, um, 60, 70 years ago. And this this nurse was working for this doctor who was an atheist, but he respected her. She had a great work ethic. She was very intelligent. She was very faithful. And she came to him one day and she said, "Doctor, I love working for you. I love my career." I've loved every minute of it, but I kind of feel like God's calling me to be a missionary overseas. And there's so many things about it here. I don't want to give up, but I don't want to disobey God. And what do you think I should do? You know what the atheist doctor said to her, how he answered her? He said, well, let me ask you a couple of things. These aren't my beliefs, but I want to know what yours are. He said, do you really, honestly, truly believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God and that he's the only way to heaven? Yes, doctor, I do. Do you honestly believe that people who don't accept him as their Savior are going to go to hell? Yes, doctor, I'm afraid I I do believe that. He said, well, I'm going to be honest with you. I don't understand what the debate is. If you really believe those things, you have no choice but to obey God and to go all the way. That's what the atheist said. And we got Christians who don't understand that. Us river people believe the word is the word. We have a holy, not a religious fear, but a holy God-given fear. That I can't do anything and don't want to do anything except obey him. And that's where the blessing is. That's where the, the the goodness is. That's where the favor is. That's where my hope is. That's where my joy is. That's where everything is found. So true river people are, are, maybe we better talk about some things we've talked about so far so you don't forget, we're actually born again. We're spirit-filled. We have had a download from heaven. We're soul winners we are water walkers. We are nation shakers. Well, we haven't even got into that much yet. We are fire starters. We are people that will get out of the religious rut or the comfortable rut and do whatever God calls us to do. And yes, we're nation shakers. You may say, well, lady, you're talking to the wrong person here. Um, you know, I'm just called to be on fire in the church. no we are all commanded to go out and win the lost and lay hands on the sick and see them recover and cast out devils. And you know what? The people you influence influence people and they influence people. And that's how you become a nation shaker. And you do it with your prayers. You do it with your intercession. You do it with, with speaking out on issues. There are many ways to shake nations and all of us are called as true river people are called to be nation shakers. We are people of signs, wonders, and healing. We are people who understand the anointing. We are people who know how to yield and flow in the Holy Ghost. I'm just getting started. We are people of faith. We are people who believe in prosperity. We are people who live a holy life. We don't practice sin. And we are people who understand submission and authority. We are people of the word and know it's our final authority and it is our standard. We are people who refuse to bend, bow, or compromise. We are tithers. We are givers. And we know there's a heaven to gain and a hell to shun. And we will get into more of these in detail in the following lessons. Please let us know where you're watching from. Any comments, any amens, any questions. And uh, let us know when is a good time to watch this broadcast. Because we're going to nail it down and make this a regular thing now, I promise. God bless you. We love you. We'll see you next time. You can hear the voices of the hungry hearts Crying out for the love One touch when you're this hungry When you're this thirsty One touch changes your life forever Love has conquered every Broke down each wall There are so many notches in that key to break through I've made duplicates of the key And I will give them to anyone who will take one I have, give I thee the key to breakthrough. I'm going to focus in on this. I'm going to fast for this. I'm going to pray for this. I'm going to worship for this. I'm going to be in the house of God every night for this. I'm going to press in. I'm going to hunger. I'm going to thirst. I'm going to get desperate. I'm going to get in every line. I'm going to put my feet on the blue line for this one day. More of you. Less of me until it's all of you and none of me.